You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum Glasgow and welcome to In Conversation With. Uh, today we are going to be chatting about what makes a, a good partnership. So In Conversation With is a, is a new show to Radio Ramadan where we have a host couple and a guest couple just having a little chit chat about important topics to do with family matters. And inshallah we have a very, two very esteemed guests with us today, Sheikh Hamar Jamil and his lovely wife Nazia Jamil. And they're going to be talking us through their journey inshallah. Uh, your host today, myself, Saira Dar, and my lovely husband, Shahid Majid, who will be talking a little bit more this week, inshallah, cause, because this is our third show, Shahid, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I heard it to my fingers, that's correct. Yeah, so show. you're warmed up now. <laughs> we're ready to go, inshallah. Um, so a happy marriage is a wonderful foundation for a successful life, but unfortunately we often hear... Um, what the trauma of an unhappy or bad marriage can can do, and it can ruin people's lives. And often we're talking about, you know, how how to how to recover from a bad marriage or the problems in our society of a bad marriage. But today we're focusing on what makes a good partnership or what makes a happy marriage, because that is a foundation for a successful life. Inshallah, it is obviously a very important sunnah, and it comes with very, many many benefits. And while, like I said, we unfortunately hear of uh, unhappy marriages today, we're going to f- be focusing on the positives, inshallah. And like I said, today our, our same guests, Sheikh Hamar Jamil and Nazia, this is quite an honour to be sitting with uh, this wonderful couple. And I know that all of your students today, Sheikh Hamar, are going oh. to be tuning in, eagerly awaiting. What, what, what do you call it? Is it a roasting, Shahid, or grilling? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> No, 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 nothing like that, nothing like that, inshallah. Assalamualaikum to both of you. Wa assalamu rahmatullah. Uh, like I said, a pleasure for uh, to have you both on our show today. First of all, um, j- just to give just to give everyone a, a kind of background. Um, so, from can you tell us a little bit about your family? Nazi, can we start with yourself? Can you tell us about your family? Uh, okay, I've, we've got three children. We've got four and a half year old twins. They're almost five, actually. And we have uh, almost two-year-old as well. Okay, okay. And going back to the beginning, right, so when, when you were both looking to get married, around that time, were there any premarital courses? Was there any advice that you sought? How, how did you know what you were looking for? Did you have a well-defined criteria of what you wanted in a partner? And that's to both of you, so whoever wants to go first. Uh, I think... <coughs> Alhamdulillah, salatu wa salam wa rasulullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Um, I think for myself, uh, that was a couple of years into my studies at that time. Um, I was a student of knowledge. I was still planning to study for quite some time. So for me, it was uh, quite simple, actually. Uh, it was finding a person who would be willing to come on with me in that journey and um, to travel for four or five years. There's not going to be much money. There's not going to be much luxury, um, a life of da'wah at the end of it. So um, for a lot of sisters, that was uh, um, not good enough because there was not enough security. Uh, as you know, a lot of people look at... I mean, I had a degree, I had a law degree, but um, it's not just about a degree. They want a job, they want stability, they want to know all these, they want to know all these things that are in place. I couldn't guarantee any of that. So I said, look, yeah, um, I've got a plan, this is my plan. Uh, this many years and I remember I think even for, for Nazia um, she had to really think about that that you know this is not your 
average kind of uh, marriage. That, you know, it's not your average kind of person that you're marrying here. So for me, it was um, it was I had to have somebody that could go on that journey with me. I knew people I'd been studying, and I knew some people had got married, and um, the ones who their wives were not on fully board, they struggled. Um, because they were going one direction, the wife might be going another direction, and I was very weary that I didn't want that. Um, I didn't want somebody to say after a year, actually, you know, this is not for me, I want to go home. Mm, so I had to be, ve- I was very frank and honest, and I think that was a bit, maybe, um, <laughs> a bit daunting, because people are not as honest and frank in our time as uh, as maybe they should be, but I think I was a bit OTT, to be honest. I was a bit too frank, <laughs> too honest, um, and I think my students will probably know that I'm quite straightforward, I'm quite blunt. Um, but that's not your norm when you go for a rishta. Uh, you know, usually it's chitty chatty, uh, whereas I was kind of just to the point. So I think um, it was difficult as well for me at that time because um, it's very different today. Very mm-hmm. different today, mm-hmm. I'm a public figure. Um, but at that time, I was an unknown person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a job, I didn't have much money. Um, I wasn't going to have a job or much mm. money for quite a few years, so the, there weren't many people that would be willing to marry a person like me at that time. Bruce, did you have an appreciation of how long you would be studying for, um, and how, how how sort of you know how long this process may or may not take? How long it take before you came back? I think by that time, by that time, I had uh, realised that it's going to take a few years. Um, I never set out to do ten years, but. Um, I set out to do a few years and see how it goes but I think by that, that, that time I'd be about three, four years into it I realised I probably do want to do an, another four years or something it ended up being more than I ended up being about six but um, and I think from from I was thinking it's an, it's an opportunity especially one of the things that females complain about is that they would love to study but they can't because their parents won't let them go and whatever so I was given an opportunity for somebody that look you know you come on this journey with me. Yes, it will be difficult, but at the same time, it's a, a, a huge opportunity. You're going to get to travel the world. You're going to get to learn another language. You're going to let obviously learn the, the religion. You meet scholars. You're going to have an experience uh, that other people are not, are not going to get. And inshallah, one day you can you've, you can come back and offer the community something. I guess for you, it, in, a, in a sense, it was easier because you had very set criteria. You knew exactly what you were looking for, and I know during that time that is I mean it's rare now but it was even more rare back then because there weren't any premarital courses there was no no advice about what to look for and how to get it right the first time because that's where the emphasis is so coming to you then Nazia did you know did you have a criteria did you know what kind of man you were looking to marry I think I think I had a general kind of set you know of criteria of what I was looking for but it's it probably not as detailed as what Amar had um, like you're saying there was no premarital courses there was no marriage courses then so really the advice that you got would be from family and friends and I think I'm very honest a few people said to me don't marry him don't marry a student of knowledge maybe not don't marry him but they said don't marry a student of knowledge for all of those reasons that Amar was talking mm-hmm. about you know the security um, the, the, sorry the lack of financial security you know he didn't know what he was doing um, so I think and I remember my parents saying to me actually they said look this is your decision this is completely mm-hmm. your decision mm-hmm. because it wasn't your kind of normal run of the mill rishta that comes along mm-hmm. Um, they said, if you do this, you know, if, if you decide that 
you want to to accept this then your life is going to be very very different so that's entirely up to you you have to think about that and I think I did I think I did take a long time um you know obviously previous to car I got a lot of advice from family from friends um before I actually made that decision that okay yes this you know this is what I would like to go ahead with and like Amara was saying as well he was very very upfront and saying look you know this is what our life is going to be like. And I think that's probably helped because I knew from the outset, mm-hmm. this is what we're what going to be expect? doing. We're going to be going, we're going to be studying, we're going to be travelling. This this is what our life will be initially. This will be the first phase of our had life. Had you considered studying the Dean and going, you know, seeking sacred knowledge? Was that something you'd already wanted to do or was it a case where it came to you and then you thought, actually, why not? Well, I was, I mean, I was involved in Al-Mizan, you know, so... That was my kind of weekend thing that I would go to the classes at Al-Mizan. Um, I did have a desire to study, but and funnily enough, I actually the institute that Amr had studied at in Wales, I actually had written to them, and um, I never got a reply. But I remember writing to them and asking for information, even though I knew then I wouldn't be able to go because of the whole thing of, you know, like, you know, travelling alone and mm-hmm. things like that. But I think just for my own kind of own thing you know I thought I'll write to them anyway and get some information um, so subhanAllah I always find that funny that I actually ended up at that institute I after I was married studying okay. studying there okay. um, so inshallah I think the the desire was there but um, alhamdulillah brought it to be so I guess the key there was that your aims and objectives in life were this similar you were already on that journey that spiritual journey you were obviously a few years into your Traveling for sacred knowledge. So, how important is that? I think you kind of alluded to that Uh, before. I think for me, it was. I mean, I knew I'm not going to get somebody at at my level, kind of you know, that knows Arabic and has studied and stuff. But what I was looking at was: does the person have the potential? Does that is the desire there? Is the want there? Um, would you, would you be would you have been happy with somebody that said, you know, what I'd I'd quite like to travel with you and come along with you, but I'm just going to stay at home. And I'll make your dinner when you come home. And no, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And um, and in fact, I mean, Nazi will probably say this as well that even when we we did travel, uh, I'm like that today as well. But I'm not very fussy with with food and things like that. I used to say to her, "Look, I've brought you a craft across the world to to cook for me. I want you to spend your time studying because you know it's very rare to get females that can study. And uh, inshallah, you've been an asset, and you need to." just focus on on getting as much as you can get done and inshallah there'll be plenty of time to cook when we get home i think one of the things that nazi was talking about um when she was saying that uh like some people had uh um tried to put her off to marrying a student of knowledge mm-hmm. you know because they all the you know these these dean guys you know they they these don't Malvies. provide these small they mm-hmm. don't provide for their families and i think you have to remember this is back in the the early 2000s um it was quite Apart from your your regular people that go to Darul Alum and and, and that mm-hmm. kind of setup, what what I was doing or what end up Sheikh Rizwan ended up doing as well, it was very new yeah. for my generation. People from my background who were not really from religious families, mm-hmm. business people, um, most of the push was into education. Get educated, yeah. get a degree, go and get a good job. I'd done the first part. Um, I was taking a, a very different uh, path in life, so there wasn't much support for that. Um, generally in the community or family or friends um, and obviously the the financial difficulties and everything else that comes with it so uh, I knew that there's that, those kind of stereotypes um, maybe today if, if somebody 
there's a lot of more positive role models of mm-hmm. scholars and we think, well, I actually want to be like that. But that time there wasn't. And actually it worked in our favour because that comment made me even more determined because mm. I thought, right, okay, you guys think by marrying some engineer or accountant or doctor is a better it's going to be a better um, mm-hmm. option than marrying someone like me. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll show you wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, although we didn't have much, we didn't have much money, and we used to live off a couple of thousand pounds a year. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But I remember I consciously made an effort that you know we'll we'll go uh, different places. So when we were in Syria, we went to Turkey uh, by road uh, because it cost fifteen pound. Um, it's a very long journey, uh, but we went all, went straight through Turkey. Um, and then obviously there was Beirut was next door we used to go to um, Lebanon a few times and then one year I decided we'll go and do Umrah um, because again we could do it by land by for £17 mm. so uh, your your Umrah your, I mean we went for 15 days mm. our Umrah package was £200 per person wow. uh, I mean it did mean a 26 hour journey in the, on a bus <laughs> but when you're young you got don't have kids um, you can speak the language you know, and the thing is, I remember she was uh, she was saying her sister was saying, "My God, you guys are always here, there, everywhere," yeah, yeah. and I said, "That's because I want to show that, you know, by her deciding to marry me, she's not lost out in anything yeah, in life. Yeah, I'm going to make sure she's going to go on holidays, she's going to get to do all those things, and then people will will uh, wish that they admired mm-hmm. a student of knowledge." I I think I mean, the kind of, especially the, the picture you're painting. I think as a as young people, I, you could see the adventure in that. And travelling, even if you know, financially you don't have security. But what I'm surprised is that your family was okay with that, Nazia, because w- one of the problems we had was just that Shahid wasn't uh, working when we got married, and that was a huge negative. Um, and I can understand that as a, as a mother, you know, as parents, you want to make sure your kids have financial security. So, how you know? I know you said that your parents said this is your decision, but how supportive were they? And were they were they worried about you? I mean. That would be quite concerning, I can imagine, as as, a, as parents. I think I think they were worried, um, but I think at the same time, um, my dad was quite open minded about it, mm. and I think it did help that our families did kind of know each other or the knew of each other. So mm. there's there there was that aspect to it as well that okay, well we're, our families know each other or know of each other at least. So there was that security. Um, and I think I think initially for the first years, especially when we were travelling and things like that, they were a bit concerned, they were a bit worried. But at the same time, I think they could see whenever we came back and I would come home, you know, they could see that we were getting on, that we were happy. And I think for that, that kind of alleviated mm. any concerns, mm. to be honest, that they had. So mm. I think also, uh, I'm not buttering myself up, but I'm, I'm quite easygoing. And I think that um, a lot of, people, a lot of times people have this perception that the religious person is going to be like really, really strict, mm. and um, I think even Nazia th- thought that as well to an extent. But I was very easy going, so I'd say, "Look, you want to go to your mom and dad's, go as much as you want, go whenever you want." Uh, yeah, I, I never put any restrictions on. I'd come over. Um, I was very easy going with. Okay, we've got a wedding. You, you know, I need to go. That's fine. Go. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. when when um, the parents see that. Their daughter's looked after. Mm. She, there's no restrictions. N- you know, no one's oppressing yeah. her. She's generally when they come happy. Body language is happy. That's what mostly yeah. parents want. They they just want their child to, child to be happy. So once I think after a year, they saw he's quite easygoing. He doesn't like put. You know, he's not really restrictive. 
he allows her to do what she wants, then I think um, they kind of uh, they were just kind of that that initial anxiety kind of dissipated. And what I'd like to ask both of you. During that time, travelling through various Arab countries, different cultures, obviously the different language, what were the best bits for you in, in terms of as a couple? And what were the, the struggles? What were, what, what were the difficult times? Um, I think we started off in Wales. After we got married, we started our... Well, I started my studies in Wales. Amr had already been there. I think he'd done a year. Was it a year that you'd been there before? Uh, no, I'd actually been. Yeah, I'd done a year there. Yeah, done a year, I'd, I'd gone to I'd gone to France, and then I'd gone to Syria, and then I'd gone to Wales for a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think <coughs> we. Well, Amr had decided that rather than, you know, get married and go straight abroad, just kind of ease you into it. Ease me into it. Mm. Um, so we we packed up and we went down to Wales. Gave her one week after we got married. Yes, yeah, so I had one week to get my things wow. together. And then we went. Wow. And we went down in Wales. Um, and Amr continued with his studies and I started studying Arabic there, which was Arabic taught in Arabic. Um, so that was quite difficult because when you've got no previous background, then, you know, it's not like someone could explain to you in English. Mm-hmm. So the classes were, you know, I was, being, I was wow. learning Arabic, but it was being taught in Arabic. You know, and the teachers would speak Arabic to you because they were Arab. And I'd just sit there and think, well, what are they saying? Um, but then obviously, alhamdulillah, I had, you know, Amr was there to, to not only help me, but he actually used to tutor the other English-speaking students. So we would have, you know, we, okay. we would have evening classes, basically, and he would tutor us, and that probably helped a lot. Um, and it helped the other students that were in my class as well. So we did that. I think we ended up staying two years in Wales um, in an institute there, which was quite... Um, I mean, that was a bit of an experience. I remember, um, actually, I remember the night that we arrived and it was dark, you know, after a seven-hour drive, because that's how long it used to take us to get there from Glasgow, and it was dark. And it was, to be honest, it was like something out of a a horror film. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just thinking, where has he brought me? Um, But it was better in the morning when I could see it in the light, you know, and I could see that we were, you know, we were surrounded by countryside. It was a really, really span. It was actually a very, very beautiful place. Um, But, you know, that initial reaction of getting there in the middle of the night was, um, yeah, that was a bit strange. So we stayed there for um, two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What what happened is um, the Iraq War had happened in 2003. So the plan initially was go for a year, you'll get some Arabic. Once you've got some Arabic, we'll go back to Syria. Mm-hmm. And then at least, I don't want to take her to Syria with no yeah, Arabic. Yeah, um, and obviously just first time leaving Glasgow and stuff. But then what happened is in the interim, uh, Iraq had happened. Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing was the place I was studying, they had affiliated with the University of Wales. So if I did another year, I could get a degree in uh, Islamic studies. So I thought, well the wars happened, I can do another year and you can just do, start shitty off and then we'll just go after that which is what we did then mm. what, what characteristics sorry, you've not quite finished that first question but also just to add to that, to both of you again, what characteristics did you both have that made this journey possible and what characteristics did you have to develop because obviously you're, you, you Chikamu, you'd already started this journey yeah but then suddenly it's you, you're not just looking after yourself, you've got someone else with you. You're looking after her because she's new to you know, the studies and everything. Um, and obviously you, know, you need to put up with 
another person. That that, that itself, living with with another new person is hard enough, but uh. traveling and going through new experiences. What was that like, and what characteristics did you have to have? I think Wales helped because it was still in the UK, mm. so you know you, you could still go home every so often. Um, I think once uh, your brother came down and visited us. Mm. Um, so I think the fact that we were still in the UK, I think that helped a lot. We could go home. And we used to go home quite regularly, see our families and stuff. Um, and I think um, one other thing I personally think that really helped was, if you look at most couples that get married, they get married, um, maybe they're both working. So when do they actually spend any time together? In the evenings for a couple of hours, and in the weekends. Mm. But if they've newly married, then they've got a lot of like you know invitations dawad, mm. and, and, they, and they go out, and so then they're spending a lot of time not actually spending not together, time with each, yeah, each other. With other Whereas like what happened with us was because it was me and her only um, for a number of years, it, the amount of time we spent together was a lot. Mm. So I think that in a short period of time, we got to know each other better yeah. than it would maybe in a normal situation to take maybe whatever it would take maybe another couple five years we probably did it in two years mm-hmm. okay. so I think that then helped um, you know make a foundation that we could then obviously work for it's not the norm basically for, for couples to actually spend that much sort of quality time together especially in today's day and age when you're working um, especially the children come along quite yeah so the, I think the time is very important in, um, in, in cementing the the foundation so uh, and obviously our children came a lot later so that gave us a lot of time together there was no other uh, there was no other p- people involved so it gave us I mean we spent two years in uh, in Wales then we spent two years in Syria and then we spent two years in Yemen so you know we we travel we 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 spent two years in three different countries without any children um, and obviously by the end of it I mean Nazia was Nazia actually even taught Arabic in one of the institutes in, in Yemen at the end so it was um, obviously it's, it's you know the monotony gets changed because you're in a different place so two years and then you're in a different place you're in Syria and in Syria again you you move on you're in a different place again in Yemen so but I think by the time we got to Yemen because we'd been doing it for a number of years mm-hmm. we were quite used to we were quite used to like you know each other. We were quite used to how to how to do things. We were quite prepared. Okay, this is what we need. You know, you know, we're going for this amount of time. We will need these things. And we used to. Um, I think we're both quite close to our families. We used to. We used, we did used to come back uh, regularly. Uh, I know some students of knowledge spend years and years and then come back. Yeah. Uh, I think the longest I stayed away was. Um, I think it was Yemen, wasn't it? It was about just under two years before mm-hmm. we came back. But normally. Uh, at least uh, once a year so we got used to sleeping on the floor we got mm-hmm. used to having simple food we got used to having only four or five different pieces of clothing um, that simple life didn't really bother us not having a TV that kind of stuff um, just having lots of books <laughs> and our day just scheduled around okay I've got this lesson you've got that mm-hmm. lesson okay I'll see you at this time I'll see you at that time we'll just meet for lunch uh, you know so it was uh, our whole schedule was based around learning uh, and and, uh, and and lessons and, and visits and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, the food wasn't as important. You know, it, it, we used to go out now and again, but it wasn't like, you know, I must eat this, I mm-hmm. must eat that. It was just like whatever was available. Um, and, I mean, I mean, we used to joke, in, but in Wales, the, the place we were at, they were trying to save money, like most Islamic institutes. So we used to have hot water, uh, one, one, one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening. <laughs> so we get used to, you get used to, like, using a kettle. 
um, to have a bath with, uh, you know. So you adjust, you know, the thing is, uh, people, adjust. I mean, I remember I speak to my sister and she said, well, you don't have a shower? And I said, no. How do, how do how how do you how do you take a bath as like like ninety percent of the planet? Yeah, <laughs> do you understand? You, you understand? Ninety percent of the planet don't have showers. They have like a bucket and a and a, and a lota. That's how they <laughs> that's how they bathe. So it's good to get out of that that comfort zone of of the way you've always been, and just be in a different place, a different environment, different language, different culture, and um, adapting to that. Would you say that being traveling together? And you obviously had the same purpose in life. That that was your foundation, and so I mean, you know, you're talking about the no no hot water and all these things. Like you say, you you adapt, you get used to it. But it was because you had that foundation there of that shared purpose that kept that motivation and and, and uh, everything going. And at what point did you know what you were going to do when you came back to Glasgow? Did you have a plan? Did you did you sit and discuss it? Okay, Nazia, you're going to do this when you get home, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start isolabus. It's all going to be great. At what point did that happen? No, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, wasn't there. I mean, there was a, a certain anxiety on on my shoulders, being the husband, and I know I'm Islamically responsible. I know I've got to provide for my wife. Um, I think we had discussed, you know, what we would roughly do. But um, uh, how that would actualize, we didn't really know. And I remember when we came back, what we did was, when we actually finally came back from our studies from Yemen, we decided to go back to Wales for a few months, um, just so that it'd give us time to resettle uh, after a long period. And also, it was time for me to think, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, and it wasn't easy, you know, for six months I was signed on you know uh well that was an experience signing on and getting housing benefit and mm-hmm. not being employed it was it was humbling mm. but a lot of um, the people that had gone before me had told me the first six months the first years is the worst because you've been out of it for so long and you're coming back and you're just trying to get your feet on the ground so i just i didn't want anyone i didn't want family and stuff to to be pressurizing me so i thought i'll go away we'll go away and um We'll we'll uh, spend a bit of time away and just think of what we're going to do. And I remember we look we did discuss all our options, but I did say that look yes, although my intention was to study to come back and benefit my community in Glasgow, but if there is nothing for me to do, if I can't make a live, if I can't support you, then we will go wherever we we can and we'll benefit whatever community we can. So that was clear in my mind that I was going to give it a certain amount of time. If things did not work out, I was going to move on, and because uh, I thought, if, you know, if the community doesn't, if we've done it for the community, but the community is not bothered, then we'll have to go somewhere else. But alhamdulillah, things worked out. And Nancy, did you have that period of adjustment as well when you came back? Yeah, I think so. I think it's quite difficult when you've been away for so long, and especially the kind of environments that we were in, where we were studying. You know, we were in Damascus, we were in. Yemen, we were, you know, surrounded by ulama, mm. we were surrounded yeah, by pious people, mm. just being in such a pure environment and then coming back home to Glasgow. And it was, there was, there was always a nice feeling of coming back home, course, you know, yeah. but there was, there was that period of adjusting. And I think it was quite good that we did go back down to Wales because it just gave us that time to kind of find our feet again and think about, okay, what is it that we're actually going to be doing now? And I think it's important, like, throughout our studies, I know that uh, Amr's focus always was that, you know, his intention was to come back 
to Glasgow. You know, when we were out studying, there was lots of students, and for a lot of them, <clears throat> I used to feel that they didn't have some sort of plan or some sort of focus. Um, you know, they were just there for maybe kind of unlimited number of years. They, you know, they were they weren't quite sure what they were what they were doing. You know, they, some of them even you know they said, look, we're not really planning on going back to our home countries, to our hometowns. You know, we'll stay mm-hmm. here for as long as we can. Well, saying that, then, do you think that that bubble? that you lived in for a few years was actually a safer environment for a young married couple than maybe the reality here where you've got family pressures, you've got modern pressures and stresses. Do you think in some ways that was a a friendly environment to nourish a, a new partnership and a new relationship? I would say, yeah. I don't know about what you... Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think, like what Amber was saying, like when we, our first few years of marriage were, you know first good few years of marriage they were completely centralised around our studying and to be honest I mean I I really loved it and for me that really it really was an adventure you know I was going away I got to study Arabic I got to study Sharia I got to go Mm -hmm. to Damascus I got to go to Yemen you know Alhamdulillah I got to experience all these different cultures Um, and you've been to places that people can't go to anymore yeah yeah this is you know this is the sad thing you know we'll talk about this sometimes that you know we think about our teachers that are there um, some of our teachers have passed away now. Some of them Troubles have passed away. Um, but you know, we might not have that opportunity to go back there. Mm-hmm. So Alhamdulillah, we you know feel really, really blessed and really grateful that we actually had that opportunity to go to these place, places and to study there and, and to meet some really you know special people. Alhamdulillah. I think that's uh, like you said, Taina, that um, there are obviously external factors when you're here. I mean, my, I think it's a brilliant thing for for not just young couples, but any couple to get out of Glasgow and go go away, go somewhere else for a couple of years. If you've got children, it's good for them, different environment, they'll learn maybe a different language. Um, get, get some sun. You're not talking about going down south, you're talking about... No, 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 no. I, I'm, saying, I'm saying going abroad. Go to a different mm-hmm. place, different culture, different language. You you learn things about yourself. You get time to yourselves. If you're a young couple, I think it's a fantastic idea to go away for a, a couple of years in the beginning. I mean, there's, there's lots of people that I've met over the years that what they've done is, whatever degree they've got, they've just um, gone abroad and taught English. I mean, everyone can teach English. They're, they're not English teachers. Yeah. They just go abroad, uh, teach. I mean, I always... Uh, uh, that was my, my kind of thing I was going to fall back on if I have if I really got you know into financial constraints. I was going to turn to English teaching to to make some mm-hmm. make some money, but it was very doable because we'd seen so many examples of it. And I think what happens is it's not just the scholars that you meet, um, but it's the other students of knowledge from all over the world. So you're meeting people from Australia, from Canada, from America. And we're all there for mm-hmm. that kind of same purpose. I remember one brother, uh, Zahad. You probably remember. I don't know what his wife was called, but um, I mean, he was he was uh, kind of late. He was in his late thirties. I was still in my mid twenties at that time. Kind of late twenties. So he's about ten years older than me. He was in his late thirties, and he said, "Look, he goes. I gave. He goes. I sold my business. I sold my business, and the money from the business, I've been using it to to, to fund my studies." And he studied for probably six years, seven years, and he had a couple of kids there as well. Um, he already had a daughter. But he was an example to me that, you know, the stuff that you'd hear from back home, oh, I'd love to do what you're doing, but I've got a mortgage, I've got this, I've got that, mm-hmm. I'm too old now. And then you met you met people like him. 
who, who showed you that actually that's a that's a load of rubbish, yeah. right? If you really want to do something, you will do it. Mm-hmm. So he, he he just sold his business and he was and he learned Arabic and he you know uh, became a student knowledge. Maybe because of his age, you know, there's other people that are being more academically inclined mm-hmm. and and kind mm-hmm. of achieved more. But yeah, I had so much respect for him mm-hmm. that he did that. And and I saw his daughter. His daughter was about twelve years old. She benefited wow. from living in Syria for a couple of years, and then his and then he eventually went back to Canada. And he said, "Look, you know, I'll go back. I'll get a job. I'll do something else." But that the thing is, you can't get time. You know, when once time is gone, you can't get it back. So uh, he did a he you know he did a, a, an amazing thing. And I saw many other people like that mm-hmm. who are a lot older than me who had kids, um, and they were showing you that this can be done and then it makes you then realize when you're living there that you know something anything's possible yeah. and 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 when you're seeing that and you come home and you hear something completely opposite you say you you can actually say no actually 90% of the people that've been telling me all this is actually mm. not right mm. the 10% that I've met over there showed me that that's strong so mm. it'd give you that kind of uh, encouragement to mm. just do that anything just to, yeah yeah okay coming back i mean we've obviously it's really interesting listening to, to, to the journey that you've had. I think we can talk a lot more about it, but I want to get back to the partnership idea of what makes a good partnership. And both of you have, have put together the pre-marital course and the marital course, which has been running for a few years, and maybe we should come, we can ask you a little bit more about that later. From what you already talk about and from your own experience, what would you say are the top three most important things that make a good marriage a good partnership? Nazia, let's start with you first. And that, that could be in terms of understanding differences, love and affection, making time with yourselves. Personally, what do you think are the top three? Um, I think understanding. You have to be able to, you know, have a good understanding of each other. Um, patience. You know, Sabron Jamil, in my case, it really is Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I'd say understanding, patience and... Um, I think just spending having time for each other you know having time for each other um, especially when you're back here and the lifestyles that people lead I think it's quite important that Mm. you make that time out for each other Um, you know because it's so easy to get caught up in the the day-to-day life especially when you're you know for example Amr's he's very busy he's out doing this that and the next thing but I think to make that time for each other is is very very important as well Mm. okay and Sheikh Amr what would you say are the top three most important things Um, I I think the first is probably appreciation uh, of what the other person's doing for you so Mm -hmm. um, as you know I'm very busy I'm very active in the Mm -hmm. community but uh, you know that that can only happen when your your spouse is w- with you and understands why you have to be out and why you have to sacrifice so much of your time and i think that was that was part of the the fact that we went on that journey together so nazia also understood my responsibility as a scholar uh, understood our uh, you know, a purpose in life is to do that way. It's not just to have, you know, a, a great big house and a great car and just enjoy ourselves. So I think um, appreciating what your your spouse is is doing for you, even though, yes, you know, you may be in the limelight, but the hard work is going on in the back. Um, if my personal life was in turmoil, if my children were looked after, 
um, you know, if I wasn't happy at home, that would have an impact, direct impact on my teaching and my that one stuff. So every, all the good that you see um, behind that is stability. If you, you know, mm-hmm. so have so just appreciating that. Yes, I might be out late, I might be away sometimes, but your partner understands that because they could just say, no, that's not good enough. I want you to cut back. I want you to spend more time in the house. Um, so you know, having that appreciation for what the other person's doing for you. Um, I think being easygoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've obviously got an advantage. I deal with a lot of people, so I see uh, other people's um, lives and the turmoil. And I always, I say to this, I always come home and I, it makes you appreciate your marriage more yeah, because yeah. when you realise you look at other people and you think, "Spanly, you know something? <laughs> I don't have any of these problems or, or hardly any of these problems." So, I, yeah, feel I think you, I think we've had that conversation you, you before. When, when you're doing a job where you see misery. You 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 go away saying Alhamdulillah. Yeah, so I think that uh, makes you appreciate um, your 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 marriage. Mm-hmm. So I think um, appreciation. Second, would I would say being easygoing. That you know you will have good days and bad days. I know when I'm grumpy. I know when she's grumpy. Mm-hmm. But it's just having giving that slack to the other person that maybe just like you have a bad day. Sometimes they're having a bad day. So if they're if they've been grouchy, they're being a bit snappy. It's just to hold back. Mm, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally, and just mm. just say like, okay, maybe the kids have been on the case, or maybe it's just lack of sleep. Maybe it's de- maybe it's like eighteen hour fast. Whatever it is, right? You know, it could be anything, mm. and it's just it's just um, basically holding back and saying, well, I really want to say something, but I'm not going to say anything because, you know, maybe they're just having a bad day. Mm. Um, so I think the having that kind of just holding back and just being laid back, being just uh, you know not not coming down a ton of bricks every yeah. time there's something, yeah. just actually saying, well, hold on, maybe there's something that I don't understand. And I think we've become better uh, over the years actually saying to the other person, look, I'm having a bad day. Yeah, just <laughs> like space. like yeah. like I'm just letting you know I'm putting out there. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. So or I've got a headache. So. Yeah. You know, so I might, I'm going basically that 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 way you're saying is that I'm going to be grouchy. Yeah. So yeah. don't take it the wrong way. Yeah. And I think, I think having because Nazia's studied with me mm. and she knows what it's like to mm. study. Mm. If I'm yeah, preparing sure. a lesson, she knows that you can't be t- d- disturbed. Yeah. You need yeah. concentration. And it's likewise, if she's if she's going somewhere, she's going to give a, a reminder. Yeah. She um, I know that she needs she needs a bit of time to prepare. So I'll make sure the kids are not. Yeah annoying her or whatever and, so th- and the counter one would be if someone if you're in a good mood to think that to make you know to think right okay this is a good moment let's make the best of it and thinking your good moments as well yeah 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 mm-hmm. and the third thing i would say is just support just supporting the other the other person so uh, making sure that you're but you know you're, you're you're behind them so obviously you have discussions what do you think of this well i think of this but if you want to do if you want to do X, Y, Z, and that's not my opinion, you know, you've got my support. Okay, okay, Linda. Lots and lots of goodness here, there, mashallah. And I wish we had more time to talk more, um, because I think you guys have got lots more pearls of wisdom to share with us. But I think I think that we've taken away quite a lot of uh, interesting uh, information today. Um, I know. I mean, like I've already mentioned, the, the pre-marital course and the mar- the marital course that you you both do. It's coming up again soon, isn't it? Because I think if we want to get more uh, advice on making a good partnership, they should come along to these courses. Yeah, so I'll be running the 
marriage course on the 20th of August. Um, okay. So inshallah, just after Ramadan, I'll be getting ready for that. Okay. And probably run the pre-marital a few 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 months after that, inshallah. Okay. Yeah, and me and Shad both highly recommend both those courses. I think they've been definitely beneficial to us. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I recommend. We'll attending again, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just about sharing what you, what you have learned yourself from experience and obviously dealing with people. It's just giving other people that information that, like you said, back in our day we didn't have that mm, so it's about yeah. helping the next generation yeah you know, to have a, even better success than we did inshallah inshallah, inshallah. jazakallah to both of you for being with us being our guest today and um, it's been a really interesting chat uh, with both of you so just like to say assalamu alaikum from me shahid sheikh hamar and naza jamil and uh, it's been great having being in conversation with both of you assalamu alaikum assalamu For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.